Let's go. Had Let's a chance, go. but you blew it, blew it, blew it. Man, I'm great. Move on, baby, who this, who this, who this. Girl, you're messing with the wrong one. Now I'm flexing cause I'm on one. I'm on one. Flex, 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 flexing on. Flex, 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 flexing on you. Thank you, DJ Zenus, for bringing us in again. Check him out uh, on social media. Um, but this episode is going to be a little different than our normal ones. We're just going to sort of put a year in review, look at 2018. Um, Happy New Year, by the way. Uh, so we're going to look at um, some top five college players, um, look at some good plays that we saw from last year, um, good teams in the best moment. Um, so do you want to start with the players, Zach? Yeah, so we're going to do like a uh, – for college and NBA, we're going to do top five players, just kind of our opinion of who stood out um, through the 2018 calendar year. So that includes obviously like the conference play and tournament of last year or last season and then currently what's happened so far in college. Um, so I'll kick off with num- my number five player, uh, Dante DiVincenzo. Um, Villanova, he had a great championship game, had 31 points in the game against Michigan. Uh, was crowned most outstanding player of the Final Four. Um, if there was such a thing in college basketball, he probably would have won Sixth Man of the Year. He just was a great presence for Villanova off the bench, uh, and that led to him being drafted by the Bucks this year, which was pretty much a shock from a lot of people, I think. Yeah, including me. <laughs> I thought they drafted the wrong redhead. Yeah, well, <laughs> that might be proven sooner rather than later. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I like that number five. I was gonna pick him as well, but he's actually one of the guys that I thought you would pick, so <laughs> I stayed away. Um, for me, ironically, my number five is another redhead, Kevin Herter. Um, obviously, we have a connection with him, but the reason I picked him is from from really December, January on. Um, he sort of picked up his game, um, really shot up draft boards. Um, he went from an unknown in the end of 2017 to um, a first-round pick by the middle of 2018. Um, he just played plays overall very well. Um, very underrated playmaker um, and defender. Yeah, I mean, he's now playing, like, what, last night played 40 minutes in an NBA game and starts and going from pretty much nobody ever heard of from outside the state of New York or Maryland or Big Ten, really, to now being a starter on an NBA roster is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was a huge year for him. Yeah, I like that pick. I guess I'm probably going to hear the end of that one. But. <laughs> um, all right, so number four, I'm going to my favorite team. Uh, I'm going to take Marvin Bagley at number four. Um, he set the Duke record for double-doubles and 20-point games as a freshman. Uh, he reclassified and should have been a high schooler last year, but was honestly one of the best players in the country pretty much as soon as he tied his sneakers. Um, just did a lot well in college. Hasn't had the best rookie season yet, but he's on a really good Kings team. Can't believe I just said those words in order. <laughs> and uh, I, I think eventually he'll grow into a pretty solid prospect. Still super young and has a, has a long way to go, but there's a lot of talent there. and uh, I just think he was one of the better players 
I, I think he was probably the second best player in college basketball all year last year. So that's why he's at number four for me. Yeah, he, he was a dominant force for sure. Um, even though everyone knew he was going left, he was still <laughs> and, and still only goes left. But other than that, he would still get to it and still dunk the ball. So um, and very physically imposing type of player with his leaping ability and length. Um, yeah, so it's crazy. If he used if he used two hands, I probably would have had him at number two. But he only uses one, <laughs> so I got to keep him at four. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if he has a right hand, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number four um, I'm going to go with Angel Delgado uh, nice yeah I thought um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar winner um, he was just did everything for Seton Hall last year um, or I guess in the 2017-18 season average double-double uh, scoring was down but just was still dominant as a um, as a lead role player for them um, so I really liked how he played it all last year. Um, and he's given a chance um, here with the Clippers on a two-way. So uh, I think he'll eventually crack um, the lineup and get into some rotation minutes, um, if not for the Clippers, but for an NBA team. Yeah, he's a, he's a walking double-double. He's guaranteed to get you at least like 15 and 10 every time he steps on the court. Uh, and that's by literally just rebounding. He doesn't – There, were, if you watch the Seton Hall games, they – maybe ran a handful of plays for him each game. I mean, he would just get every miss and could go back up and either get an and one or take some free throws or finish. Um, and he plays for now. Uh, well, half the, half the year he plays on the greatest name team in the history of basketball on <laughs> Agua Caliente, which literally means hot water. So there you go with that one. Yeah. yeah. You got to bring a top five player from 2018 to the top five G League <laughs> team. So <laughs> Yeah, that works out good. Um, all right. So my number three, uh, we've dogged him, not really, but we've had our fair share of negativity uh, towards him so far this year. But I'm going to go with Trey Young. Uh, he led the NCAA in points and assists last year. Um, he was the first person to do that, and he did it as a freshman, so that's pretty special. Uh, he obviously struggled a little bit. Oklahoma went on a long losing streak towards the end of the year, kind of backed into the tournament and then lost in the first round. But um, the things he did on the basketball court as a freshman in college is pretty special. and. He obviously was a candidate for player of the year and uh, had a great season. So I feel like he's deserving of the top five. Yeah, yeah. As, as critical we are, I, I think it's just simply because of the following he has. Um, people think he could just step right in and be an NBA All-Star. And, um, still has a lot to learn, but he's still a dynamic player, um, great playmaker. Uh, just still learning the game, but what he did last year uh, was unbelievable to be able to carry a team. Um, and didn't they win the playing game and then lost? No, they got in as a 10 seed, so they lost the – or, yeah, 10 seed, so they lost the Rhode Island the first round. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what he was able to accomplish with that Oklahoma team um, and now uh, sort of finding his way in the NBA – Having some really big games. Uh, I like that for the top five. Um, my next one um, is actually a player from this year, and uh, you're probably going to be pretty mad, um, but Dedrick <laughs> Lawson. Um, <laughs> P.O.I. Yeah, I, I don't know if he'll win it just simply because um, Kansas has a lot of talent around them, uh, and I don't 
typically the player of the year goes to someone that carries a team. Um, but I really like the way he's played. Um, watching a lot of film on him lately, and he's uh, just a great, great passer as a big, um, knocks down shots, can score at all three levels, and just has a huge impact while he's on the floor. Um, but yeah, that's why I have him. Was that number three? Yeah, that's number three. Yep. Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, I didn't, I, as you can see, I'm kind of leaning towards last season more so just because I feel like those games that we saw last season had more of an impact for the time span we're looking at. Um, I, I do have one current player in here, but that's just why I'm going a little bit. I have a recency bias, I guess. That's not happening. But um, <laughs> number two for me is, is Jalen Brunson. Uh, he won player of the year last year, national champion. Um, it, he was just the best player on the best team. And that, I think, it says a lot. Um, he's the prototypical college point guard that does everything right, uh, makes the right play at the right time, and just is the reason Villanova is a national champion at this point. Yeah, yeah he definitely directed all those guys, really made Mikel Bridges better, Dante DiVincenzo better, Eric Pascal, Maurice Bellman, like made everyone um, better. Just whoever was around him, they played better because of him. Um, really smart, loves to get in the post, so love that kind of like pit bull mentality. Um, even though he's six one, he's gonna post you up. Oh yeah, Chris Paul um, stuff. Yeah, yeah, she's really effective. At, uh, unfortunately, he just got um, smashed last night against the Thunder. wasn't very close. Um, I had a couple of shots get thrown into the crowd, but still, he's gonna have an impact with Dallas. I think he's always, he's going to be a long-term backup point guard in the NBA. Um, don't think he'll ever become more than um, a very good role player, almost like a Raymond Felton type. Uh, yeah, I think he has a lot of Tyus Jones in him too. Yeah, just a little bit bigger. Yeah, as far as like weight goes. Um, yep. But yeah, my my number two. Um, hopefully, this isn't yours. Uh, I'm going with another player. From this year, Carson Edwards. Um, I thought, I mean, he was a Wooden Award finalist last year, last season, um, and then this year came out on fire. And he's guaranteed to be a Wooden Award finalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just back to back Wooden Award finalists, um, just carrying a, te- a Purdue team that doesn't have much talent, um, really outside of him. I think. He's just a dynamic player, and I think he can have an impact on the, in the NBA. It'll be interesting to see the type of role he'll play in the NBA, if he's a sort of an off-ball on offense type of guard, catch and shoot, sort of catch and secondary attack. Um, but, I mean, in college, he's been dominating for the past two years. Yeah, that's, that's a really solid pick. Obviously, someone that's a Wooden Award finalist, which I'm telling you he will be this year. So two years in a row is, is very worthy of a top five. Um, I did not throw him in my top five. I probably would have put him at four, like, instead of Bagley. But I just felt that Bagley, his overall stats of last year kind of carried him through. Um, so my number one player is going to be a current player. Uh, I'm going to go with Zion Williamson. I don't think he's the most skilled player. I don't think he's even necessarily the best player in the country. But he's the most polarizing player that I've I think I've ever seen in college basketball. Um, his athleticism, his 
drive, his effort, like everything that goes into how he plays is second to none, especially this season. Um, and I've heard other people say that like they don't remember watching anyone that's like him, and I don't honestly think there is anyone like him. Um, again, I don't think he's the most skilled basketball player I've ever seen. He most certainly isn't. But in terms of how polarizing he is and how special he is, I, I think he's worthy of the number one spot. Yeah, he was someone that I was going to put in there, but I knew you had him in there, so <laughs> I figured I'd let you talk about him. But something that I was really impressed with with him is his motor. Um, typically, you get with top top five, top ten recruits. Um, and sometimes they get questionable motors, especially when they can rely on athleticism. Um, but he plays so hard all the time. Um, I think it's really impressive the way he plays like that. More times than not, they usually have questionable motors, so it's pretty pretty impressive that he doesn't have that. Yeah, so um, my number one is going to be a player that I think has played well last season in college and has played really well this year in, in the pros, and it's Mikel Bridges. Um, he's just someone that you never know during the game that he's playing well. And then you go back and look at the box score, um, go back and watch the film again, and you see the impact he has um, defensively. One of the best rated defenders in the NBA right now, one of the best defenders in college last year. Um, just really long, quick feet, quick hands, contest everything. Um, and then offensively has incredible touch, um, shooting the ball. Um, I, don't, I don't have his numbers in front of me right now, but his catch and shoot right now in the NBA is unreal. Um, definitely in the top 90 percentile um, but yeah what do you think about him yeah he's definitely if, I think he's probably the second best player on Villanova all year behind Jalen Brunson um, but that doesn't mean he wasn't important if they don't have Mikhail Bridges they don't come anywhere near the final four last year especially national championship um, and I think we already talked about it but that trade of him going to Phoenix is going to work out really well for the Suns yeah yeah it's going to be – it was a great trade for them. Um, allows them to do a lot with their team, including trading some guys um, because of how, how much of an impact he has. Um, he's already starting um, and plays really well next to Booker and um, DeAndre Aiden. So, yeah, that's my – it's our top five. Um, so, short break here, and then we'll get into a little more college. All right, so our next uh, topic is going to be top plays. So we're each going to choose a top play that kind of had an impact on us from the 2018 season of college basketball. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with a game that was played in March Madness last year. Um, it was a it was a round of 32 game between Houston and Michigan, and Jordan Poole hit a game winner. Uh, and the, like, I think it was the left elbow extended three-point shot. Um, overall, it was a great game, but Rob Gray went back and forth with Jordan Poole down the stretch. Uh, and and a, in the game I thought Houston had locked, uh, Jordan Poole just hits an unbelievable game winner that takes Michigan to the next round and then ultimately gets them into the Final Four and the championship game. Yeah, that, that game uh, single-handedly made me – Come in second place in my pool. Um, 
just because I had Houston winning that game, and that was a killer. Um, that was that was a very good game. Crazy, crazy shot. Um, my play is uh, a little hurts me a little bit to to admit, um, but I was really impressed with um, Syracuse and um, O'Shea Brissett hitting the jumper against Georgetown um, to, to win it this past year. Um, that wasn't Brissett. Uh, Ty's battle? Ty's battle. Jeez. Um, so I was just looking <laughs> at O'Shea Brissett's name right here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so the, the shot Ty's battle hit, um, the comeback that they had, I mean, they were down, what, 15, 20 points? Uh, yep. And then came back. Uh, they couldn't hit Waters to fell out of boat, and then he hits that tough shot at the top of the key with two guys um, contesting it. So um, for me, that was the that was the most impressive play I saw this year. All right, so the next one we're going to get into is top team. Uh, this one was really tough for me because if you think about from January to March, and even the first weekend in April of last or last season and then from that from what we started in October to or no November to now January again uh there's a couple teams that have been at the top uh Michigan obviously was the runner-up last season had a great last couple of months and now is the number two ranked team in the country and hasn't lost yet Kansas same thing final four team uh they're right there they're good again this year uh, I'm going to go with Duke. <laughs> Shocker. Um, but having – so last year they're an Elite Eight team. Literally a halfway down jump shot from Grayson Allen. That falls their Final Four team playing Villanova instead of Kansas. Um, and then the number one team in the country this year. And I don't think there's many people that you'll find that can argue that Duke isn't, if not the best, one of the three best teams in the country this year. Um, so that's going to give them the edge for me. Yeah, that's a. I was very surprised. I almost fell off my chair with that. <laughs> I honestly tried to make an argument for another team. I really did. I promise. Um, so for mine, you touched on it a little bit, um, but my team's Michigan. I think they started last year. Um, not necessarily was one of the best teams, um, as far as like. October, or November 2017, sort of. But as soon as 2018 hit, they really picked it up um, and had that incredible uh, tournament run. Um, besides that Houston game, they were pretty dominant um, through beating the teams that they've had to face. And then this year, have really sort of kicked off like a revenge tour after um, getting beat pretty handily in the national championship. I definitely think they're a top five team, especially the way they're playing right now. Um, so as a whole year, uh, Michigan is definitely, especially after losing Mo Wagner and um, Devin Robinson, um, a couple guys that really helped offensively, and especially spreading the floor. Um, and they just really seamlessly transitioned into Teske starting um, and bringing in Brazdinkis. So, um, very they good. lost uh, Abdurrahim too. Who was oh like yeah, the primary ball handler in big situations last year. Yeah, I mean honestly, they lost their one, number one and two option basically offensively, um, and then Devin Robinson's probably 
top five offensive contributor. It's for just shooter, but yeah, I mean Duncan. Duncan. What did I call him? <laughs> Duncan. Duncan. Isn't that the guy from Florida? Yep. Yeah, we couldn't <laughs> when you first said that, I was like, who could that be about? <laughs> yeah. That's they couldn't be more opposite of players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all good. Still got the last name right. That's yeah. all that matters. That's all it is. D Robinson. <laughs> It was enough for me to figure it out, so that's all good. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, that's that's uh, my team. All right, so now we're going to a top game. Uh, our last two are top game, top moment. I think there could be some repetition here just because there's uh, some definitely moments and games that stood out. But my top game is going to be UMBC against Virginia last year. Uh, UMBC is the first 16 seed to knock off a one seed ever. It was tied 21-21 at halftime, and... At least that would catch some people's attention. But then UMBC went on and put up 53 in the second half against Virginia, who obviously we've talked about already is one of the best defensive teams every single year, um, led by Jarius Lyles and just an unbelievable performance that leads to a 20-point victory by a 16-seed over a one-seed. Yeah, that was that was a wild game. <laughs> um I could not. Still unbelievable, believe. kind of, if you ask me. But yeah, you know, it was it was hard to wrap my mind around it. I was like, Virginia's gonna come back; it's gonna be fine. And it just was always out of reach. And, was, and Virginia was the number one overall seed. It wasn't like they were just one of the last one seeds or anything. Like they were the best team in the country last year. Yeah, and losing DeAndre Hunter was tough. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. But still, it's a game they should have won. Um, yeah, that was that was a crazy game. I just I still remember it's something I'll remember for the rest of my life. Basically, is absolutely where I was watching that. That was couldn't believe it. But for me, my game um, also was a tournament game last year um, when Loyola Chicago beat Nevada. Um, yep, just an absolute insane game, back and forth constantly. Um, crazy buzzer beater. Um, just, I mean. There are two games, um, one against Tennessee and one against – actually, the first three games were insane. Miami, Tennessee, Nevada. Yeah, they had buzzer beaters in pretty much every single one of them. Yeah. It was just an incredible game. And Sister Jean um, bringing them in, it was it was quite a, quite a game. Yeah, so might as well just go right to my top moment, which is Sister Jean and Loyola Chicago team. Um <laughs> Going to a Final Four as Loyola Chicago, uh, and the bracket they were in was considered like the bracket of death, basically, because it had Virginia, Arizona, who was, if you remember, supposed to be awesome and ended up losing to Buffalo. They had Kentucky, who you never know what's going to happen in the tournament. Tennessee, who was great. And who was the two seed that lost to Nevada? Anyways, it was a good team, whoever it was. Um yeah, that bracket turned into Nevada against Loyola Chicago and Kansas State against Kentucky, I think. Uh, just unbelievable. Sister Jean and the powers of, of the above uh, bring Loyola Chicago to the Final Four, where they honestly probably could have beat Michigan. They were up six at halftime, ended up losing by 12. Just Michigan has more firepower, obviously. Um, but an unbelievable season, great game. Uh, and just awesome, awesome tournament moment. Yeah, yeah, it, w- it really was. Um, it actually was my moment as well. <laughs> um, I feel like that's that's the clear cut choice. Yeah, it's hard to pick anything other than that. 
Um, but the two seed was Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, um, that lost to yeah Nevada by two. Um, but yeah, I mean that was an incredible bracket to go through. Um, I mean Tennessee was a really really good team. Um, a lot of people. Had yeah. So so they beat Miami, Tennessee, Nevada, Kansas State, and then lost to Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. And those are all crazy good defensive teams besides Nevada. So. <laughs> yeah. Which is incredible, and they, I mean, we're in the '60s each game, which is not a crazy offensive, but um, still, as a as a mid-major team to do that against um, three sort of big conference teams, it's impressive. Oh yeah, they joined the likes of VCU and George Mason as the other eleven seats to get to the Final Four. Yeah, yeah, which are also crazy, crazy stories. Um. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of another moment, but honestly, nothing really comes to comes to mind on that. I mean, there's there's bad moments like the FBI oh. investigations and stuff like that. But I mean, when I think of last year, I'm always going to think of Loyola. There's no doubt about it. And UMBC, even like you can interchange those. Yeah, I guess that's a that could be my moment is UMBC winning the first 16 seed to ever beat a one seed. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but that wraps up college, right? Yep. All right, so one more quick break, and we'll get into the same thing for the NBA. All right, so we're going to jump into our NBA top five players of 2018. Um, Zach, you can go ahead and start. All right, so I know you're not the, the biggest fan of this team, but my number five player is Steph Curry, um, just because I think he's the most important player on what was the best team this calendar year uh, as the reigning champions. Um, just another transcendent type player that, that is a great, probably, well, I would say the greatest jump shooter of all time. I think most people think that by now. Um, and just does a whole lot for that team that you can tell when he's not there, they're, they're not even close to the team that's capable of winning a championship. Uh, so that brings him to number five in my rankings. Makes sense. Um, honestly, it's, it probably could be too low. Um, he's, he's just such a transcendent player uh, and does when he's on the court, everyone's everything changes for the other opposing team. Um, so I like that pick. For me, um, I'm going a little different direction. Uh, my number five is Tobias Harris. Um, he came over in a trade from Detroit to the Clippers, um, sort of beginning in 2018, um, and really did that in stride. Came in. Um, Clippers coming in with a completely new identity um, halfway through the season and really started relying on him because Gallinari was um, – Callan was hurt. Um, Avery Bradley was hurt. Um, Lou Williams was having a really good year. Um, but Tobias sort of came in and took that sort of lead um, starting score role um, and then just continued it into this year, um, doing a lot of things well. Should be an all-star this year. Uh, probably won't just because of name recognition. Um, but uh, he's the biggest – one of the biggest reasons the Clippers are – playing as well as they are this year. Yeah, I like that one. Um, so for number four, I'm going to change from what I originally thought or 
originally wrote and go kind of in your direction. Um, but I'm going with Victor Oladipo, someone that I think had a crazy season last year. Uh, obviously, the trade from the well, originally a trade from the Magic, and then ends up on the Thunder, and shortly thereafter is traded to uh, the Pacers to replace Paul George, which obviously isn't very easy considering how good Paul George is right now. Um, and leads the team to what a five seed, right? Four, uh, four seed. They played the Cavs as a five. Yeah, so that's crazy. And uh, was by far the best player on the team. Um, honestly, should have beaten the Cavs. Not like they were in the every single game. They were just close, competitive. Um, won their fair share. That went seven, right? Yep. So yeah, Old Depot took a team that I don't think anyone thought was going to make the playoffs and got them a four seed. Yeah. Yeah. He, he took the world by storm last year. Um, everyone knew that the type of potential he had, um, but just needed the right situation. Uh, he's an incredible scorer, uh, plays really well defensively. Um, and it just had his, has had a great, great year. It struggled a little bit with injuries this year, uh, but his back playing well again. And, Quietly, the Pacers are um, approaching the top team in the in the East and getting close to the top team in the NBA. So, um, and he's really their leader there. Um, everyone else sort of falls in line behind him. So yeah, he's definitely a top five type player um, for 2018. Um, for me, my top four or my number four is um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, so- nice. <laughs> Um, I was a huge fan of him coming out of Colorado. Um, he had torn his ACL uh, and is coming off of that. So one of the biggest reasons he slipped to a second-round pick by Detroit. Um, but just great size for point guard, 6'6". Um, can score at all three levels. Plays hard on defense. Um, not like an extremely gifted defender, um, but has long arms and can stay in front. And he really has... Um, earned that contract extension he just got um, a couple weeks ago. Um, put scoring 39 in a few games. Um, actually scoring 39 in the day he signed the extension. Um, so I mean he's been he's been a lot of fun to watch and sort of going to be a core piece moving forward for the the Brooklyn Nets and could be a playoff team um, and big part of him. Yeah, for sure he's been. Between him and Karis LeVert, that that team is looking pretty solid for the future. Yeah, and they have a ton of cap space coming up. Um, be interesting to see if they're able to, if they want to re-sign D'Angelo Russell. Um, but that backcourt plus Jared Allen, um, they have a lot of promising. They have a lot of promise in their future. And is that a? Uh, that's a little bit of a foreshadow, there, right? right yeah. Later in there? Yeah. <laughs> Check out the next podcast. <laughs> All right, so number three for me uh, is going to be Anthony Davis. These are probably shocking to most people that I'm just taking some of the best players in the world, but um, they slept the, swept the playoff series last year against uh, the Blazers. Um, he was third in Defensive Player of the Year and third in MVP voting. This year he's already averaging a, a calm 27, 12.6 rebounds and two and a half blocks a game, which I'm sure is nothing special. Um, just, an, again, another transcendent player, an absolute freak of nature. If he could ever stay healthy for a full season, the things he would do, I, I think, are just an absolute anomaly. Um, he's 
he's about as good as it gets in terms of talent, potential, ability, everything with the size of his body and and his ability put together. It's it's a someone you never want to play against. Yeah, he he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, just because his ability to do anything on offense <laughs> and erase shots on defense, um, guard guards off of a pick and roll. Um, he just does everything right. Uh, it's such an interesting case why New Orleans is playing the way they are because um, it seems like if you look at their numbers, they should be um, – the record should be flipped. I think they're, what, 17 and 21 or something like that. Um, it's just something that I'm not understanding why they don't win more games than they do, but Anthony Davis is an incredible, incredible player, um, easily top five player for 2018 and top five player in the NBA. Um, so yeah, I don't mind that at all. Um, my number three, um, I'm going to go with someone you mentioned earlier, but Paul George. Um, he's had one small blip on his 2018 resume, um, just sort of the elimination game against Utah. But other than that, um, especially this year, has been – it is the MVP of the NBA this year, um, in my opinion. Um, just is an incredible defender. Um, Thunder are back and forth with the number one ranking um, defensive team, um, large part because of him um, and Steven Adams. Uh, and then offensively, just carrying the load. December is averaging over 30 points a game, uh, just effortlessly on offense. And interestingly enough, um, in the offseason, Paul George told uh, Billy Donovan to stop drawing up plays for him and just let the game come to him. Um, and it's clearly showing that he's just letting the game dictate what he does, not trying to force anything. Um, becomes a much more efficient player offensively. Yeah, you can kind of, at least for me, it kind of seems like he's fallen into the Kevin Durant role that uh, – from a couple of years ago when he played with Russ, where Russ can just get it like his 15 and 10 a night and KD or now Paul George could just go for 30 and just make it look so effortless. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can argue that Paul George is playing better than Durant has with the, when Durant was with the Thunder. I mean, obviously Durant's 2014 year was special, um, but overall um, Paul George is doing everything. I mean, leading the league in our top, top three in steals. Um, it's just the if you haven't watched the Thunder, um, especially defensively, they're a f- fun team to watch because of how well they rotate, how well they play team defense, and then Paul George is always just lurking around, um, looking to get tips, steals, anything, get his hands on the ball. So that's my number three. Yep, that's a homer pick, just saying, but anyways, uh. <laughs> So my number two, these next two for me are not going to be a surprise to anyone, I don't think. Uh, my number two player is James Harden, reigning MVP, uh, led the team the number one seed, game away from the championship, basically. Um, I mean, again, this last, what, 10 days that he's had, or however long this stretch is going, of his 30-plus, close to 40-plus games, um, he does it all. On the offensive side, at least. <laughs> um, but, yeah, great great playmaker, great shooter, gets to the free throw line like, like it's his job. Sometimes it might honestly be his job. Um, he just does a lot, and I mean, it's hard to keep him off the top five list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
he's he's on there for me. Uh, but I'm gonna take him off just because we're, we're talking about him now. But um, he, he's someone that shot 27 free throws last night or the night before, um, and the Thunder shot 21 as a team. So <laughs> he um, made 21 of them those too, which is incredible. Um, he scored 40. Uh, I think it was 45 points on eight shots, something like that. Uh, just putting on ridiculous numbers right now. Um, the only player ever to have four straight games of 35 plus points and five plus assists. Um, so it's not like he's just out there to get his own. Um, I think he was really annoyed with the way people were talking about the Rockets um, and sort of taking it on his own to to turn the ship around. And now they're looking as scary as ever, um, especially with getting contributions from Daniel House. Um, he's been playing really, really well for them. Um, something that they were desperate in need of. Someone who can sort of a knockdown shooter from the corner um, and then a hard defender, hardworking defender. Um, and then it's exactly what he's doing for him. So, yeah, I mean, James Harden's trying to go back to back in the MVPs, looks like. Um, Pretty close. Yeah. Uh, my number two is um, Nikola Jokic. I think. What he's been able to do <clears throat> with the team. Um, here, let's do an exercise. Um, I'm going to name his starting lineup, and you tell me what seed they would be in both East and West. So their starting point guards, Isaiah Thomas. Shooting guards, Gary Harris. Small forwards, Will Barton. Um, power forwards, Michael Porter Jr. And then the centers, Millsap, Paul Millsap. Um, in the West, I would say probably like six or seven seed. In the East, I would say probably like four or five seed. And then Jared Vanderbilt comes off the bench. So that is Denver Nuggets team. Or those are all the guys that are injured on the Denver Nuggets, and they're still a top three team in the West, which is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's it's all because of Jokic. Um, Jamal Murray's been playing really, really well. Um, and then just getting contributions for from Herman, Hernan Gomez, um, Tori Craig, um, Plumlee, like all those guys. And if you've never heard those people's names, this is making our point even more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jokic um, gets a triple-double whenever he wants. There was a stat at one point where um, he's had – three games of 15-plus assists, um, and not one center ever has had 15 assists, and he's just had that three times this year. Um, so he's a crazy, crazy good playmaker. Um, he's just really difficult to guard because he's has such incredible size um, and skill. He uses a lot of fakes um, and can finish really well around the rim. Um so, I mean, just the way he's played this year. Um, and even the end of the last year, Nuggets made a run. Um, lost the last game of the regular season and knocked him out of the playoffs. But um, this year has really turned it up. And they're going to be someone that – a team that I can see get into the Western Conference Finals. So, my number one player is LeBron James, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he can be the number one player at any time he wants. <laughs> I took the easy way out. I told you. Yeah. 
Well, I feel like I took the easy way out with my number one. And uh, one of my favorite international players is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, huge leaps every single year that he, that he takes um, from his rookie year of averaging six and a half points a game to um, absolutely dominating the league this year. Um, he's working on his jump shot, but oh, it's bad right now. I think he's shooting 12 or 13% from three. Um, his, it, I think his mid-range game is better than his numbers are, though, and I kind of wish he'd shoot it a little bit more from, like, foul line extended, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely developing that mid-range post game, um, sort of like Kobe had. Um, if he's able to get that, um, who cares about the three-point shot? Uh, he's just going to – he's just so big and strong and long. Like, it just makes it very difficult for anybody to get in front of him. Uh, he'll dunk on anybody. It takes him one dribble from half court to dunk the ball. Um, so he's just just an absolute freak. Uh, and the fact that he can start at power forward but really be the point guard um, shows how good he is. And Coach Bud is really, really unlocking his potential. So it'll be fun to see in the next four to five years what they can do with him. Yeah, I really like watching him play because it seems like every time he dunks on somebody, they're trying to figure out how the hell he just dunked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's almost as long, like able to do what Boban does and dunk without jumping. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like when he dunks the ball, it's like, how? <laughs> so I'm saying these guys are like getting ready to go up to block it and the ball's hitting them on the top of the head and the bottom of the rim. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, he's, especially in transition, he's fun because he'll just oh, – yeah. Do a slow Euro step and body you to hit the back of the the hoop and just dunk. It makes well, sense. also, how many people can dunk off of a slow Euro? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's not exactly conducive to like you just explode off the ground. Slow Euro into contact and then a dunk. It's unreal. <laughs> yeah, he's special. He was my number four, but I took him off for Ola Deepa just because I saw you throw out Tobias Harris, so I feel like I had to get a little not normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's our, that's our top five NBA guys from 2018. Um, quick break, and we'll get into the top play moment and game and all that fun stuff. All right, so we'll get into the top play of 2018 for NBA. Um, Zach, go ahead. You go first. This one was kind of easy for me because when I sat down to think about um, the NBA last year, this play stuck out in my brain. Uh, but and I already kind of talked about this, but the LeBron and Pacers matchup, and yes, I said LeBron and Pacers because that's basically how that matchup went. Uh, it was game five of the first round of the playoffs last year. Uh, series was tied up 2-2, and LeBron hit an inbounds three that he banked in from the top of the key to go up and win the game 98-95. Uh, and just, again, single-handedly carry the Cavs to a victory. Yeah, that was... Um... Definitely a shot that's going to go down in history. Um, very similar to Michael Jordan's shot. Um, I think that was against Cleveland. Um, they play it side by side now, and it's very, very similar. Um, but yeah, it was such an incredible play. Um, everyone knew who was getting the ball, knew it was going in, but just didn't know how it was going to happen. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that was an incredible moment. Um, uh, I'll. I'll throw out an honorable mention. Um, 
since you just reminded me of LeBron, um, his Chris, almost Christian, Christian Leitner type shot against Minnesota, uh, just threw a full court, caught it at the foul line, hit a turnaround jumper um, at the buzzer. Um, was definitely a fun play, but um, my play of the year is something is a game that I was at. Um, I went to see the Denver Nuggets play against the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, something I do every year. Um, and just a quick side note, I've gone to a Thunder game every year for the past 10 years, and the Thunder's record is 0-10. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to stop going, but just hope one time they get a win here. <laughs> well, I did not know that. Yeah, so I'm terrible luck for them. You didn't exactly put yourself in a good spot in Denver to watch them win and exactly so. Well, I figured they play there twice a year. I could see them twice, and then they should split one of these here. I got an idea. You can come back to D.C. for them this year. I'm sure they'll get that one. <laughs> well, every year they've been the favorite, which is even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so um but anyway um last year it was last season thunder played the nuggets um thunder were down three with like i want to say like five seconds after or no down two um and they ran a play for paul george paul george hit an incredible difficult three um guy i think it was jamal murray or gary harris was hanging all over him um, still hits the three. Thunder go up one with a second left. Um, Nuggets call a timeout, get the ball at the other end of the um, court, and Jokic throws it to Gary Harris to hit a three in Russ's face um, to win it. Um, just that play Gary Harris made was insane. Uh, I was sitting lower level right across from me and just watched it and knew it was going in as soon as he released it. Um, so that was my play of the year personally ingrained in your brain yeah yeah i can picture it every night <laughs> um so my top team is and again something i already talked about and following the same trend but indiana pacers um, i think the easy answer is the warriors because everybody when you think of a top team you think of the champion um but indiana was again the team that should not have made the playoffs last year he traded away paul george uh pretty much a lock to make the lottery from most people's thoughts uh and oladipo just carries them. Um, they also had tons of contributions from other people. It wasn't all just Oladipo, but he was definitely the stud on the team. Uh, carried them to a great season. Again, four seed, which is special. And now, like you said, making a push at the number one seed in the East this year. So in the calendar year of 2018, they've been probably the best team. Yeah. And I know, I know Pacers fans get go crazy because no one talks about them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they've had an incredible year this year, especially um, really picking up for Oladipo this year with him being hurt. Um, they have, I mean, someone who's very underrated, Boyan Bogdanovich. He's just out there, does his job, plays hard. Not a great defender, but plays hard on defense enough to um, contribute to one of the best defensive teams in the league. And then um, – Gives a bonus in Miles Turner. Just really, really solid digs with Thaddeus Young. Just as consistent as they come. Also, I got a fun fact about... So, Nate McMillan obviously used to be the coach of the Blazers. 
Um, and when I was in fifth grade, we had to write a letter to a business, um, like asking for stuff basically. Uh, and so I went through like a weird thing with the NBA where I would just pick a random team that no one ever talked about from year to year and just kind of follow that team. That year happened to be the Blazers with Brandon Roy. Uh, so I wrote this like long letter to Brandon Roy and Nate McMillan and they sent me back a, Nate McMillan hand wrote a letter, sent it to me. And then they gave me like Blazers wristbands and a Brandon Roy signed picture. So Nate McMillan is one of my favorite coaches forever now. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. That's cool. Why I picked the Blazers, I could never tell you, but it worked out great. <laughs> <laughs> Another foreshadow, but um, that's cool. Wow, we're getting kind of good at that. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. <Kind of> <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like the Pacers. They have a lot of good talent there um, and a lot of potential. Just play such a team-oriented game both on both sides of the ball. Um, but for me... Um, this was difficult because a lot of teams that played really well last season um, have struggled this year. Um, so just a team that I thought has been as consistent um, throughout both the years um, is the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they had a tough start to last season, um, kind of got behind the eight ball, and then played well at the end of the year. Um, they came up one game short, but... Uh, I think as a team, they've dealt with a ton of different injuries both years. Um, and this year have become more and more resilient to it and just can put somebody out there and they'll do their job. I mean, they signed Nick Young off the street um, and came in, did his job, and then they waved him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's the type of system that they run. They can just plug-and-play players. Um almost like a San Antonio where it doesn't really matter what the name on the back of the Jersey is. It's all about the name on the front. Um, so I really like the way they play a team oriented game. Um, and it, it helps to have Jokic, Jamal Murray um, playing as well as they are. But like I said, this is a dangerous, dangerous team because of their improvement on the defensive end. Um, they're a top 10 defensive team right now. And that's scary with how efficient they are offensively. And they're still not even healthy, so just wait. Yeah, I mean, once they get – once it's Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Jokic, um, and then you have Isaiah Thomas, Monte Morris coming off the bench. Um, I know it doesn't sound like, oh, wow, that's crazy, but like Hernan Gomez, like these guys all play really, really well um, and don't do much wrong, so – it's going to be a fun team. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, so for my top game, I'm going again to the playoffs. Uh, just a game that honestly is probably in my head because of funny things that happened in it. But Warriors-Cavs game one, obviously everyone's <laughs> going to think of JR and getting off his rebound, dribbling out the clock basically. Um, but Warriors, it was a back-and-forth game, pretty much all game. Uh, tied at halftime, Warriors were up six going into the fourth quarter. Cavs erased that lead and had a chance to win it if JR maybe just threw the ball back on the rim. Um, regardless, good game all in all. Uh, Warriors ended up winning by 10 in overtime. I think the reason it stands out to me is just because, at least in my mind, I thought the Cavs didn't have any chance in any of the games last year against the Warriors. Uh, as you will learn, I will never bet against LeBron James in anything he does, literally anything he does. 
Um, but that was something I definitely did not think he would be able to do. Uh, so the fact that they were so competitive and so close in that game was, I think, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a big shock to a lot of people that that game was as close as it was and Cleveland led for as long as they did. Um, but we really got to talk more about George Hill because, yeah, JR made a dumb play. Yeah. Um, but George Hill missed the free throw. Uh, yep. And he was somehow able to sort of leave Cleveland unscathed. No fan really talks about him. Um, and it's just, it was a free throw. You have to make that in that situation. Um, we could be talking about a totally different series if he does. So um, that was that was a fun game to watch, though, for sure. Um, my top game, and I keep coming back to this team. <laughs> um, I'm doing the same thing with the Pacers. <laughs> yeah. Um, is the last game of the regular season, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves first, the Denver yep. Nuggets, um, win and get in. It was sort of the first time that's happened in a really long time. Um, and it was a really, really intense game. Um, one, it was Minnesota trying to stop a drought of missing the playoffs. Um, two, Denver trying to get back into the playoffs as well. Um, two very young teams with a lot of potential going against each other. Um, and the Nuggets had beat the Timberwolves just a, a week or two before. Um, so it was a revenge game for the Timberwolves as well. And it was just a really fun game to watch. Went into overtime. Um, Timberwolves were able to squeak it out. And what was funny is that if the Timberwolves won, they were the eighth seed. If the Nuggets won, they were the seventh seed. So would it really um, change the playoff dynamic if the Nuggets won? Um, but, yeah, that was a fun game for me. Yeah, I like that game. That was, like you said, first time in a while winning, when you're in. We don't get to see that in basketball as much as we do in football. So that was pretty pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right, so to, to end it, we have our top moments. Um, so I have a, a serious one and then one on a little bit lighter of a note. Um, but I think for me, at least, the top moment this calendar year has been Derek Rose uh, pretty much kicked to the curb and, like he even said in his own words, was ready to quit basketball. Um, and now you look at what happened a couple weeks ago where he's shooting free throws on the free throw line in uh, Chicago and they're chanting MVP just like the old days. Uh, he's been absolutely outstanding for the Timber Bulls this year. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Had to get that one in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's been it's a heartwarming story for Derek Rose going through a lot of different things um, mentally, emotionally, physically. Everything's sort of been thrown at him. And he's taken it in stride. Um, been in huge markets with. Um, New York, Chicago, um, always been under the spotlight since his rookie year um, and has handled it really well. So uh, I'm glad to see it, um, how he's done this year. Well, who, what was your second one? Uh, so my, my funnier one, I guess, is the Rockets and Clippers tunnel fight. Um, <laughs> that was just outstanding. And the reason why it has, uh, has earned one of my top moments is because Austin Rivers, who was like the kind of the reason it happened is now on the Rockets. Like, it does not get better than that. Yeah. The irony behind that is, <laughs> is too good. 
Uh, I, the first time I watched them play, I just was watching the facial expressions of like Chris Paul and Harden and those guys to see and PJ Tucker to see like if they were just giving Austin Rivers the side eye. Like if every time he shot it, did they just basically flip him off or what was going on there? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Derrick Rose was one of my top moments as well. Um, so you're good at stealing those, but um, yeah, you're welcome. You let me go first. That's your own fault. But. <laughs> yeah. uh, to sort of do one on the fly, I think um, the way DeMar DeRozan has responded to the trade, yep. um, it's pretty well known that he's gone. He's uh, He suffers from depression and all of that. Um, he's very open about it now and where he's come from. Um, and to sort of have your NBA home taken away from you so very unexpectedly, um, is tough and he's responded really well. Still putting up big numbers for the Spurs. Spurs are starting to turn it around now. Um, started really slow, but um, for him to just respond the way he has, because um, it could have been very easy and understanding for him to sort of shut it down um, after being blindsided like that. So, um, yeah, for sure. It's depression plus you get traded from your home and you basically not lose your best friend but like you're not playing every single day with your best friend anymore it's gotta be pretty difficult to handle and he's taking it in stride like you said yeah and it's it's funny and kind of sad too that uh, Kyle Lowry still does the handshake before the games yeah Um, (laughs) honestly Kyle Lowry is potentially worthy of a top five spot right now too in our in our list I think he's an honorable mention on my list at the very least yeah, um, he won't. He's not putting up big numbers this year, but he's vital to that team. He's got big assist numbers at least this year. Yeah, yeah, I guess assist numbers, but um, shots way down, scoring way down, um, just letting the team he has in front of him play to the best ability. Um, so yeah, uh, that that wraps it up. You got anything else? No. So that's our our 2018 recap. Um, can't believe it's already the first day of 2019, but we're planning on being back some point later on in the week or in the next couple of days for our normal podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll break down, um, sort of transitioning into the Big 12 um, and get into a couple more NBA teams that we've talked about today. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, and I'm coming off of not a losing week, so woohoo. <laughs> yeah, and I unfortunately had my first loss, so... <laughs> Sorry, it had to happen sometime. Everybody knows it can't be perfect. Yeah, but I'm still perfect in the NBA, so keep listening for those picks. Yep, there you go. All right, well, we'll see you guys in a bit. Here's some DJ Zenith.